No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. People are always talking about which foods are good and bad to eat. That being said, God has specific dietary instructions for the children of Israel. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. There are so many different diets these days. It seems that everyone wants to tell you what you can and can't eat. Some people insist on going organic. Other people say it doesn't matter. One person says you can't eat fat. Another says you can't eat carbs. Some say no gluten. Others say no meat. Even the Lord in the law gave restrictions for what the people could and couldn't eat. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 7, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel saying, You shall not eat any fat of ox or sheep or goat. And the fat of an animal that dies naturally and the fat of what is torn by wild beasts may be used in any other way, but you shall by no means eat it. For whoever eats the fat of the animal of which men offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, the person who eats it shall be cut off from his people. Now, I don't need to be told not to eat fat from the time I was a child. I couldn't stand this stuff. I would carefully cut away every bit of fat from my meat. And if I happened to get some in my mouth, I usually spit it out into the napkin. I grew up with the nursery rhyme stuck into my head. Jack Spratt could eat no fat. His wife could eat no lean. And so between the two of them, they licked the platter clean. There was no question. I was Jack Spratt. Now in the ancient Hebrew culture, the fat was considered the best part. God said, the fat belongs to me. You're not to eat it. Scientists and nutritionists now tell us that animal fat is a major contributor to heart disease. So maybe it wasn't that God was keeping the best for himself, but that he was keeping his people healthy. Now, if the animal died naturally or was killed by another animal, they could use the fat for various purposes. For example, candles or soap or lotion. But they weren't permitted to eat it. If they did, they would be excommunicated, cut off from their people. Verse 26. Moreover, you shall not eat any blood in any of your dwellings, whether of bird or beast. Whoever eats any blood, that person shall be cut off from his people. Leviticus 17.11 gives us the reason why eating blood was off limits. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. The blood was sacred. Scientists have confirmed that the life is in the blood. Without the blood carrying oxygen to the living cells in your body, you will die within a matter of minutes. But because the life is in the blood, it could be used to restore life to one who is under the sentence of death for committing sin. God provided the blood of sacrificial animals to cover their sins until the better sacrifice would come in Jesus Christ, 
whose blood takes away the sins of the world. We must simply believe in him to receive this atonement, which reconciles us to God. There is no other way for a soul to be put right with God. The prohibition against eating blood is carried over to the New Testament. In Acts 15, it was determined that Gentiles should not eat meat that was strangled, that is, with the blood still in it, nor should they eat blood, nor should they commit fornication. Therefore, you should take blood pudding off the menu. As with the fat, that's no problem for me. Verse 28. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, He who offers the sacrifice of his peace offering to the Lord shall bring his offering to the Lord from the sacrifice of his peace offering. His own hands shall bring the offerings made by fire to the Lord. The fat with the breast he shall bring, that the breast may be waved as a wave offering before the Lord. And the priest shall burn the fat on the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron's and his sons. As you'll recall, the peace offering was the one offering that was shared by the Lord, the priest, and the offerer. After slaying your sacrificial animal, you would give the fat and the breast to the priest. He would wave the breast back and forth toward and away from the altar. This was a sign that peace was coming to the offerer through the sacrifice on the altar. The fat would be burned on the altar, but the breast would belong to the priests as their portion to eat. God took care of them by giving them a very desirable part of the offering. Also, the right thigh you shall give to the priest as a heave offering from the sacrifices of your peace offerings. He among the sons of Aaron who offers the blood of the peace offering and the fat shall have the right thigh for his part. The right thigh was also to be set apart for the priest, although some scholars translate this Hebrew word as shoulder. It would be presented as a heave offering, that is, moved up and down. This spoke of the fact that it came from God and was blessed by God for every good and every perfect gift comes from God. Now the breast was to be divided among all the priests, but the thigh was given to the priest who did the work of the peace offering. Verse 34, For the breast of the wave offering and the thigh of the heave offering I have taken from the children of Israel from the sacrifices of their peace offerings, and I have given them to Aaron the priest and to his sons from the children of Israel by a statute forever. This is the consecrated portion for Aaron and his sons from the offerings made by fire to the Lord on the day when Moses presented them to minister to the Lord as priests. The Lord commanded this to be given to them by the children of Israel on the day that he anointed them by a statute forever throughout their generations. Because the priests did not have an inheritance among the children of Israel, but gave themselves to ministering to the Lord in the tabernacle, the Lord gave them the breast and thigh of the peace offerings, as well as from other offerings. As a statute forever, in the New Testament, we are told that the laborer is worthy of his hire, and if a person ministers in spiritual things, then he should be rewarded with material things. 
As one who has made a living from ministering to the Lord and to his people, I can tell you that God is a good and faithful provider. That's not to say that we won't ever go through lean times. When my family first moved to Idaho, our first winter was very lean. I was making money as an independent contractor, but there wasn't much coming in. And it came to Christmas, we didn't have enough money for gifts for our kids. So my wife went to a prayer meeting with other pastor's wives, and she said, I don't want anybody to do anything but pray, but we don't have enough money to be able to get gifts for our children. I just want you to pray that the Lord would make a way. And so they did. And the very next day, we received a FedEx package from our old church in California, and inside was a check for $1,000 written to me personally. (laughs) I will tell you, there was a lot of dancing in the Zachman household that day, and our kids never forgot the story of God providing a wonderful Christmas for us as we trusted in him and were faithful to do what he called us to do. We can trust the words of Christ that if we will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will be added to us. Verse 37, this is the law of the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering, the consecrations and the sacrifice of the peace offering, which the Lord commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day which he commanded the children of Israel to offer their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Now, these offerings seem obsolete to us. It's an old system of worship, but they all point to Jesus Christ who fulfilled them all. Jesus fulfilled them in the order that they are given in Leviticus chapters one through five. In heaven, Jesus offered himself as the burnt offering, the offering of consecration to save mankind. Through the incarnation, he became the living bread that came down from heaven and gave life to the world. While on earth, he brought peace to all who believed in him by forgiving their sins and healing their diseases. And on the cross, he became our sin offering by becoming sin for us and saving and sanctifying us from our sin nature by his blood. Also on the cross, he was our trespass offering, for his blood is sufficient to forgive and cleanse us from all the sins we've ever committed or ever will commit. Now, we also participate in these same five Levitical offerings, but in reverse order. First, we partake of the trespass offering when we are convicted of the sins we've committed and feel guilty for what we've done. We know that our trespasses are against God and against others. And we recognize that we must believe in Jesus Christ to be forgiven. Next, we partake of the sin offering when we come to understand that the reason that we sin is because we have a sin nature. The good that we want to do, we don't do. And the evil that we don't want to do, we do. We are in a wretched state, yet Jesus cleanses and delivers us from our sin nature by his blood, by his word, and by his spirit. Next, we partake of the peace offering in that we understand that Jesus is our peace. He gives us peace with God, peace with one another, and inner peace that surpasses all understanding. And as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
we partake in the grain offering in that we understand that Jesus is our bread of life. We feed on him daily through his word and by communing with him. And lastly, we partake of the burnt offering because in view of God's mercies, we offer our own bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service. This is our offering of consecration. And we're content to remain on the altar. Well, at least that's the ideal. I'm still working on that one. My prayer is that you will see that although fat and blood and bulls and goats, grain and meat at the tabernacle may seem far removed from your world, they all speak of the way we worship God. They all point to Jesus Christ and our relationship with him. How marvelous are the ways of God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. We'd really love to hear from you. You can also text WELCOME to 208-314-3377. That's 208-314-3377. No one was fit to serve in the ministry on their own. God had to prepare them before they were qualified to serve. Tomorrow we'll see how the Lord consecrated Aaron and his sons for the priesthood. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Leviticus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.